0: The creators who brought you Paul's Drag Race and Million Dollar Listing. This is World of Wonders Wow Report: Things that make us go Wow.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of the Wow Report, where we count down the top ten things that made us go Wow. I am here with Tom Campbell, our Chief Creative Officer, hello, and, and James St. James, editor of the Wow Reports. Yay! Yeah. Let's just jump
2: into the countdown, shall we? Number 10. Tom. Number 10. I spent a little time last week in New York City on Broadway. Okay, here's the good news and the bad news. I saw two shows. I had tickets for three shows. (laughs) But the third show, uh, my friend couldn't make it last minute. I had had too much pizza. It was raining. I was too tired. I didn't go, which is so unlike me. And that was Take Me Out. The huge naked
0: penis show. Oh, right, yeah. I've seen that in L.A. I mean, not with Jesse Williams, but like a few years ago.
3: Yeah. Well, I've seen Jesse Williams' penis close
1: up now from the on Twitter. It's
3: just, it's It's magnificent.
0: magnificent.
3: Yes.
1: So Jesse Williams is in Take Me Out.
3: Yes. Yes, And he has a shower scene in which he comes out naked and somebody, you're told not to take pictures, but somebody
2: recorded it and put it on. And yeah. this is not what I what I was about to talk about, but I'm going to. Everyone's like, I think like they're using they leaked it pers- uh, they leaked it uh, uh, by, by, I don't know why you're pointing at me, I'm sorry. They leaked it because, but they want okay, it
1: You leaked it. What you leaked it? You leaked it.
2: Tom. <laughs> the pi- the picture leaked, and the, everyone in the production's like, "Oh, the sanctity of the theater, actors, <laughs> the, you know, it's been broken." Oh, come on! I think right. it's all great publicity. And why all this penis shaming? The yeah, you no. Know, if you got if
3: you if you got a penis like Jesse, you might as well. I mean, that's why you're parading it around on stage.
2: I are the two shows I did see Pulitzer <laughs> Prize winning, a strange loop. Yes which is written by Michael R. Jackson. He's won a Pulitzer Prize, so I think he can withstand any criticism from me. The star is outstanding, the Jacquel Spivey. It's his first job out of school. It's his first professional gig and he carries the show. And it's well-written, it's well-performed, but I think what really grabs people's attention is the is subject matter, which is, it's from a queer, black, sissy, uh, fat, you know, overweight, you know, point of view and all these things. So it's, it's really shocking. To me, I'm proud to say, and I don't have to, it sounds competitive, maybe it is, but RuPaul's Drag Race tells those stories every week, every year, every season. So the subject matter isn't, while very meaningful and very touching, isn't as, um, No novel, to me. novel yeah. to me, but it's an amazing show. You should see it. Okay. Here I'll we go. Be-
3: this is, this is why I'm, this is why I'm here right now. I need to
2: hear what you think about her. I saw Funny Girl. Yes. Starring Beanie Feldstein. I have to say, she's a star. She has yes. a great future ahead of her. I yes. do not shame her for any of her ability. I feel, in my humble opinion, as a theater goer who spent hundreds of dollars to see the show, um, she's miscast. Terrible. Well, but
3: here's the, here's the thing, you know, because she had big boots to fill with Barbara Streisand. It hasn't been on Broadway since Barbara Streisand originated the role, but. Um, Maybe she shouldn't be trying to fill Barbara's boots. Maybe she should just be trying to stay true to the character of Fanny Bryce, as opposed to Barbara Streisand as Fanny Bryce.
2: Hey, it's really hard to compare anybody's voice to Barbara's, for sure. Being a star, she has her own quirk, and you think, well, maybe that will translate to Funny Girl. It kind of doesn't. Yes, you're in the shadow of Barbara. You are no matter what. When you hear people, when you hear, don't Rain on my parade, you have an idea. But she's also in my humble opinion, not a classically trained theater performer. You know,
3: in real life, she's Jonah Hill's sister. sister. Yes. And so she's sort of a Broadway. I mean, she's sort of a a Hollywood girl, not Broadway. She does a
2: remarkable job. You know, she, she does it proudly, but I'm telling you it needs, it's, it's an old fashioned play, Mm -hmm. you know, and it, and it's, and it needs somebody who kind of can 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 turn on a dime and 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 use every trick of the the of, of a theater actor. Now, would Leah Michelle have been able to do it? I don't. I've not watched that much Glee, so I don't know that much about Leah Michelle. Maybe I hear the understudy is quite good. Um, okay. And Jared Grimes, who has uh, got a supporting actor nod, uh, uh, plays uh, plays, and he does a great job. He's a tap dancer, a beautiful African American man, and. Um, I, I wish I could say better things about uh, Funny Girl. I didn't hate it, but it left me lacking.
1: Hmm. It seems a terrible tragedy that you missed. Take, take me out or take it out.
2: <laughs> <I didn't... laughs> <Same> thank <thing. laughs> you. Maybe I would never have come back if I'd seen that. It looked it's so suspicious. Well, thank you, Tom.
1: Um, Funny Girl is at the August Wilson Theatre and A Strange Loop is at the Lyceum Theatre. Yes. Um, We've posted links to get tickets on the Wow Report. Let's go on to number nine, James.
0: Number nine.
1: I watched a classic of queer cinema uh,
3: called Funeral Parade of Roses. Have, have either of you heard about this? No. Okay. I, I
1: feel shamed. Like, well, I didn't know about his penis and I don't know about
3: this film. This is I had never heard of it either and then I did a deep dive into into it. It's a 1969 Japanese movie, okay, directed by Toshio Matsumoto. And it's described as an updated Japanese Oedipus Rex story where instead of killing his father and marrying his mother, he sleeps with his father and kills his mother. And that's how it's sort of like like told to you. But the most interesting thing about it is that it's set in uh, 1969, Tokyo, Mod Tokyo, right? And it's at a drag bar, trans bar brothel, okay? And they don't have the, the language in
1: 1960. <laughs> Siri. We should add Siri to the lineup. <laughs> anyway, so it's, it's set at a
3: drag bar, trans bar, sort of brothel, but they don't have quite the
2: language. <laughs> and all this time I thought James lived alone. I thought, is that Alexa or Siri?
3: It's Siri.
2: I think it's the girl he has. He has in the in the in the pit in his cellar that he lowers the lotion to.
3: <laughs> she just won't shut up. It's three in the morning. She just starts talking to me. It makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> anyway, it's okay. So it's set at a drag bar, trans bar, brothel in 1969, and there's um, an older woman named Lida, an older trans woman who uh, is very old school and she dresses in sort of a traditional geisha drag. And then there's, uh, and she doesn't quite understand this new crowd that's coming in all these young mod trans girls that are just like these like little Edie Sedgwick, fabulous, fabulous, fabulous outfits and makeup and hair. There becomes like a, a a game of Thrones, like who is going to take over the club, right? Whether it's this young Eddie character who is um, sort of the star and um, they're both having an affair with the owner, blah, blah, blah. But the interesting thing about it, besides I, the fact that it's like 1969, you know, in fashion, blah, blah, blah. And you've never seen like the, the drag scene of Tokyo in the 60s. It's just it's they're like bitchy and they're, you know, they're all like kicking with each other and laughing and
1: carrying on and everything. I love the but way why, you say you've never seen the drag scene in the 60s. We've never seen it in the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, the 90s, the, 90s, the 10s, the 20s, like well, but but the
3: the interesting thing is is that yeah, but like the Queen or Paris is burning or something. There's sort of this universality of like queens in a club, and, and for all the carrying on that these queens do, it could be 2022 in WeHo. You know, I mean, yeah. it is so fascinating, and the looks that they do, it's very um, uh, Lolita. Um, what's the it's the Harajuku like stuff that's still on the streets of, of tokyo now girl were,
1: thing right
3: yeah the schoolgirl mm-hmm. stuff it's just it's crazy how it must have seemed so new like modern then but it's the look is still there i don't know it's absolutely just it's a fantastic fantastic movie and it's very artsy and interestingly um uh stanley kubrick said that he was influenced by it when he was making um clockwork orange and he lifts a bunch of the 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 cinematic like trickery and stuff from that as does Pasolini in Solo
2: in a bunch of places without yeah. giving away the ending may I ask does it have like a sad tragic gay person punished ending or does it have well a- I mean it's it's based on Oedipus Rex so
3: yes he oh. sleeps with his father he, he you know I mean he he's, yeah he sleeps with his father he murders his mother and then he blinds himself and she blinds herself and wanders into the street oh. and you know dies but
2: I just had an idea for a remake Simon Rex in Oedipus Rex. What do you think? <laughs> yes. An idea. I love it. Wow. We all, we've got this theme
1: today of penises. Like, <laughs> unlike but all other episodes. If you guys,
3: I just, I you know, you, because Gay Pride Month is coming up and this is a fantastic movie that most people probably haven't seen, but it is, it's absolutely gobsmacking.
1: Haven't oh, seen it. Thank but you, that, James. Well, thank you. <laughs> no, Jay, Tom, what did you say? I, stepped on,
3: I hope it's on demand. Oh, I hope so too. Yeah. Um, like I said, Turner Classic Movies is where I found it and I DVR'd it and saved it for a Sunday night. Well,
1: that's funny because my wrap up line here says Funeral Parade of Roses is. <laughs> that's
0: it. It's available on, demand. Demand. It's yes, on demand. I meant to call James and ask him if it was this 1969 Tokyo movie that he was talking about because. Oftentimes you never know, but you know, the parade of roses is
1: all right. Number eight, number eight, house of love. Um, this weekend, last weekend was DragCon, the 10th wow. drag con. Uh, James, we missed you, but it was so oh, nice, I you too. I, you did. It was so nice to be back in person. Um, many highlights from it. The, the Parade of Queens on Friday morning was, I think, over 100 queens walking the pink carpet. It was, it was quite spectacular. It really was. But opposite the Wow booth, there was a new booth, the House of Love booth. And that is our range of pre-mixed cocktails. Now, it sounds like a self-advancing, self-serving uh, plug piece. But actually, I have to tell you, there was a line outside the House of Love booth the entire day, every single day. Yeah. Um, and, and people really loved these premixed cocktails. And the reason I'm telling you this, they're available now um, via DTC, which is the, the new thing, direct to consumer. So you just go to HouseOfLoveCocktails.com. And you can order what you can order part. You can order every different flavor. You can order party packs. Every kind of imaginable combination. There's
2: Six flavors altogether. And just one correction, <clears throat> Fenton. There's, yes. four, there's there's a line of four mocktails and two four cocktails. Ah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. And two mocktails. How
3: well, right. now I know that um, that uh, Theron
0: and Blake were imbibing a little bit. Blake, what was your favorite again? Um, I really enjoyed the strawberry daiquiri. And the tangerine uh, margarita,
2: and these are real cocktails with real booze. The tangerine margarita has tequila. the The strawberry daiquiri has rum, and then there's watermelon vodka and pomegranate lime vodka. I don't drink.
3: I want to try the pomegranate lime one. That sounds really spectacular. Fenton, did you have any?
1: Well, yes, I have to tell you, I did. The tangerine margarita is the strongest pre-mixed cocktail, I believe, available on the market. Um, <laughs> and it packs a punch, I tell you. And that was surprisingly, I don't know why, it was the most popular one. <laughs> we sold out of that. But I also love pomegranate, lime, vodka. I, I tried them all,
2: I have to say. And um <laughs> The They're two mocktails are colada, which is mm-hmm. uh, uncarbonated, very smooth, very light. You could use it as a mixer, but it's really yummy. And then right. there's ginger mule, which has a real, it's non-alcoholic, but it has a real kick to it. Oh, that so, sounds really good. That yeah. I, I bet you could add a little vodka to that.
1: You yeah. can always
2: turn your mock into a cocktail. <laughs> yeah. you, you can. James, you um, can take your cane and unscrew the top and pour the vodka into the... Uh, <laughs>
1: But I have to say, everyone was loving them, and they were a lot of fun. And you can, uh, if you go to the site, there's also um, one of the highlights. With, we have the Pit Crew in House of Love cocktails, House of Love underwear, which is a big hit. I gotta tell you, getting your picture taken with the Pit Crew, with the well, you know, having- I was
3: at home watching all the the festivities online, and everybody was you know live streaming and everything. And that parade of of, of queens was really spectacular. And I did see the line the entire time there. And there was a there was a camera trained on the 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 floor that was doing fast motion that I watched. And it just looked like it was a lot of fun. I saw Cheyenne Jackson was there. Did you guys get to see Cheyenne mm-hmm. and yeah. Daphne Guinness and who else? Um, there were some other stars that I saw. Oh, um Lisa Loeb was there. Did you see Lisa? Oh, I didn't. It's
2: not? Yeah. Wow. It's such a it's such a football field. But I have to say everyone there is having fun. That's yeah. The, everyone's full of love, and it's it's amazing these days to be in a room, a room, a stadium, a convention center that is just everyone loving every moment of
3: it. And it, it looked like Rue was having more fun than I had think he's ever had in his life. He, he was up there just going bananas. Yeah. That's and that made that sets the tone right there, doesn't it?
1: Absolutely you know. worked up a sweat, and I'm very excited. We get up. We've got a whole series coming on Wire Presents Plus um, called "Bring Back My Girls" because we had reunions, reunions from Canada, um, reunions from the UK, uh, Drag Race UK versus the World, Season 13. Right? We. Yeah. It was like, it was these panels were great, and
3: um, oh, it it's was
2: fantastic. Hosted by TS Madison, so
3: they're a blast. TS yeah. looked spectacular. She looks so good, doesn't she? She has had a glow up since her TV show. Wow.
1: She really turned it out. Yeah, I mean, she's yeah.
3: always been gorgeous, but she looks, I mean, she looks like 19 years old.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we'll get your House of Love cocktails at houseoflovecocktails.com. That's right.
1: And they'll arrive in the mail within days. All right, let's take a quick break when we come back. Oh, well, actually, before. We take the break. Blake, you have a question. And then when you come back, we'll have the answer.
0: Yeah, I do have a question. What is significant about today, May 20th, 2022, and this radio show, The Wow Report for Radio Andy? Question mark.
1: Oh, my gosh. I have no idea. We'll be right back after the break.
0: You're listening to World of Wonders Wow Report. Things that make us go wow.
1: Hey, welcome back to The Wow Report. Fenton here with James St. James and Tom Campbell. And, of course, Blake, who asked us a very uh, perplexing question.
0: Yes. What is significant about today, May 20th, 2022, and this radio show, uh, The Wow Report, for Radio Andy?
2: Was this the first day we ever
0: did an episode? Yes, it's the six-year anniversary. We have done 305 episodes over six years. But I believe the gift
2: for sixth anniversary is a gold watch. I was going (laughs) to say
0: it was the House of Love cocktail that I would
3: happily accept.
1: One House of Love cocktail, James. And for you, I think a mocktail. (laughs) Get yours at HouseofLoveCocktails.com. All right, (laughs) we're counting down top ten things that made us go wow this week. Number seven.
0: Number seven.
2: I know we all love this show. I don't know if you've all jumped back in, but it's season two of Hacks back on HBO Max. And I it seems like a quickie. It seems like a quick turnaround. And I'm I was I was cautious, right? Emotionally cautious because I love the first season so much. So many streaming shows just go fast out of the gate and then burn out and the second season is horrible. I'm happy to report after seeing two episodes that I laughed several many times, but deep guttural laughs—things that just sort of like like I'm watching these things alone, and you're watching, and I'm I'm look, you know, I always have a little critical thing. Well, that's a little fake because they have to kind of reset the stakes a little bit. But I'm telling you, it is back. It's better than ever. I love these characters. You know, I'm, I'm saying that everybody knows, but Gene Smart is just—they're all so good. Jean Smart is so good. It's a tour de force. She's so compelling and so layered. If, if you forgot at the end of last season. Jean Smart's character goes off and does like this one woman show at, at the end of her hotel thing and bombs, but decides, I'm going to go out on the road, I'm going to make it happen anyway. Simultaneously, uh, Hannah Einbinder's character, in a drunken moment, in a moment of retaliation after being slapped, sends this scathing email to some showrunners in LA who want to pick her brain, you know. And it's just, it, you know, we, whether we're friends, whether we're, but especially famous friends, y- you know things. That you can weaponize against them and this email becomes a weapon you know <laughs> and and i'm not let's just say the e they deal with that in the first two episodes i don't want to give anything away you hear the email which is excruciatingly painful and 100 honest you know what i mean it's just like the people you love in your life can also be monsters nothing not, not you james And 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 my favorite, uh, you know, the the woman I who I just I didn't discover, but this show has highlighted is Megan Staller. Is that her name? Who uh, is the secretary? Oh
1: yes, I thought she just stole the first two episodes, like because I wasn't sure about her in the first season, and I thought she comes from behind in this, like
2: just spectacular. She's involved in a human resources drama that is spectacular. It's just, again, everything's so understated and funny on the show, but it's spectacular between her and her boss. So the hack is back. The hack
1: is back. And I thought the way, again, without giving it away, the way they resolved, because season one ends on this great cliffhanger of that email. So you know it's going to come out. And so there are many, many ways it could have come out that would have been fine and great. The way they did it, you would never imagine or anticipate. It was so good. It was so real. Because that's the other thing. I think, Tom, you said that email was so honest and over the top. And I think the show is so honest and over the top at the same time. It maintains some kind of... It's crazy. It's like... To me, it's like the comeback. Your toes curl in moments. Maybe slightly unlike the comeback, it's always grounded in... There's some humanity and heart in it, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's... Yeah, I really loved it. And I w- it was gonna be one it was gonna be my number whatever this week. And then I saw you beat me to it and picking it. But I was like, it's great. James, have you watched?
3: I've never seen
1: it.
2: No, <gasps> I thought you did. No You are I denying
1: I keep, your I keep spell. saying
2: I'm going to, and then I keep forgetting about it. I, I need, need it. It. while you are a very important part of the show, I'm gonna ask you to log off and watch hacks now and come back <laughs> to it. I, I, I I will do I will do
3: it this weekend actually. I yeah, I, I have nothing to do this weekend, so I will do that.
1: Don't. Okay. Post- That's your homework assignment.
3: I, I promise. Mm. Talk about it next week. Okay. All right. Number six.
1: Number six.
3: Number six. Soap opera update. I know this is your favorite segment. You too. There is a trans character on General Hospital named Doctor uh, Terry Randolph, and she's played by a gorgeous trans woman named Cassandra James in in real life. And um, you you think that. That it shouldn't be a big deal of trans characters playing trans, you know, trans people playing trans characters, but Hollywood doesn't always work that way. So it is, it's, you know, representation matters and it's all, and it's wonderful. But <clears throat> the character is the um, chief of staff at General Hospital, but she doesn't have a lot of stories. They don't give her a lot to do. She just sort of wanders around and checks on patients and this and that. she doesn't have, she doesn't drive any any plot lines. But on um, Valentine's Day, she, they she went on a tin, on a tinder date, okay? And the date was going horribly. They met at a bar and another character sort of swoops in and saves the day and drives off. And then they end up having drinks and they decide to go on a date themselves. And that character is um, an actor named Chris Van Etten, who in real life was lost his legs in Afghanistan. He's a veteran who lost his legs in Afghanistan. And he's on the show and he plays a veteran who's lost his legs on the show and um, and has been dealing with it. And so they have this really adorable chemistry together. And he's this little tough boy and he sort of looks like Tom Hardy and she's beautiful. And they really look adorable together and they act adorable together, but they had this one scene the other day. And I want to say, I want to see if this bothers you guys at all because they're on their second date and they're talking and he shyly says, I wasn't sure that you would like me or want to get physical with me when you heard about my legs. And she says, that's funny because I was afraid that you wouldn't want to get physical with me once you knew the you know, the, the tea about me. And they both sort of laugh and they say, you know, of course we accept each other. I mean, it's just bodies, who cares, you know, blah, blah, blah. And they sort of get over that hill. And on the one hand, that's nice. But on the other hand, don't you think that like in 2022 that like there it felt like there was not body shame, but like that they were. They were feared they were going to be rejected for their bodies, and they had to talk about that. But isn't
1: body anxiety something common in the most, even the most gorgeous people with the most gorgeous bodies? Like, isn't well, it a common, isn't it a shared anxiety? It, it is,
3: it is. And, and that's what I was thinking, that like, they're both these beautiful, beautiful actors, and of course, I, why shouldn't they be, fall in love with each other? Because they're both, you know, I mean, they're, they're fabulous. And so, but the fact that they each have, like, body issues but I just wish they didn't have body issues because they're so fabulous, so gorgeous.
2: I would just say, I, I recently met someone, just flirtation very early, but I felt the need to disclose I had three cats way too early. But it's the <laughs> same, it's this, and he told me he's, he's still living with his ex-boyfriend, like, like, like they're, they're through, but they still are roommates. So it's like, to me, it's the same, it's sort of like, what's your anxiety? What are you carrying yeah. around and, yeah. and, and, and And the fear of rejection is still real. You know, and, and yeah. you don't, when you have to come out in any way, I think you always fear oftentimes wrong. Often Again, very different results for different people, different times, but the fear of rejection is really, it's powerful.
3: Well, anyway, General Hospital, it's a, it's a cute little trans love story that's going on there. And that's sort of a little groundbreaking in television to have trans character play trans. God story. bless
2: daytime for breaking yeah. so many barriers. Yeah.
3: yeah. And if there you there want to just, just Look up look up, um, Chris Van Etten. He's just so cute. And Cassandra James. I'll just Google them because they're so beautiful.
1: But you're right. You know, far from the red carpets, you know, daytime soaps are breaking yeah. boundaries and barriers and doing the heavy lifting. Blair. BAFTAs. Number five. BAFTAs. Number five. I went to the BAFTAs in London. You know, you know the famous uh, Michelle Visage joke. BAFTA? I hardly know her. <laughs> yeah I went to the BAFTAs I was emboldened because of the uh, after Eyes of winning those two Oscars I thought yes Drag Race will win a BAFTA second time nominated everyone said you're going to win I was like yeah I should go why not you know well you know, spoiler alert we didn't win um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I have to tell you it was an ordeal first of all it was black tie so and not just like wear a suit, black tie, black tie. And I got to tell you, black tie is a heavy thing to wear. It's like dressing up in a thick winter coat, basically. And it was boiling hot day, lovely, beautiful day. Red carpet started 1.30 on a, on a Sunday, followed by drinks in this room at the Festival Hall in London, which is gorgeous, but it's got a marble floor, marble walls, marble ceilings. So it's just like a clattering chamber and with 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 five Brits in there going yeah 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 everything's bouncing so everybody's shouting within about ten minutes everybody's shouting and the temperature is going up it's like one hundred and twenty degrees it's muggy it's like it's like being in a dis techno disco in the middle of the night it's like it's and talk about COVID phobia just like people coming up close to you and talking to you and just spraying your face you just, <laughs> just, just, just And you were sweating and you were hot and you were uncomfortable.
3: You're giving me an anxiety. I'm like really triggered just listening to this.
1: I really, I really thought I was going to puke or
2: just die of anxiety. Yes. Just think if you had won, we would have heard none of the rest of that story.
1: But I do
3: want to hear number one, who did we lose to? Oh, BS, BS, BS. Here's the
1: thing. So then we go into a theater, which is mercifully cool. And for the next Three and a half hours have to sit there, like no, no bathroom breaks. And Paul Bimini and Lawrence Cheney, who were kind enough to attend in drag, you know, had to sit there. I was uncomfortable. I can't imagine the pain they were in. But as so often happens when something is absolutely awful, there is suddenly a, a gift that you just didn't anticipate. And that is in the form of Richard, Iowadi, Richard Iowadi is a British actor, writer, director. He is, he's African-American. His mom is Norwegian and his dad is Nigerian. And he is almost the new incarnation of Stephen Wright. You remember that, the comic, the stand-up comic, who's completely deadpan? Yes. He is the latest iteration of that. He kind of looks a little like Trevor Noah. Very gorgeous to look at. Unbelievably funny Come, prene- introduced every single award was so funny in this deadpan sarcastic way that it was just it was an incredible joy. He has written and directed he was he came to fame in um a series I haven't seen called the it Crowd. He played a uh, technician in the IT crowd which is a, a British sitcom which I'm going to check out. He wrote and directed a movie called Submarine. Um, which I also haven't seen. He was the forensic investigator in Paddington 2. And many people think is one of the best movies of all time. Yeah, Well, okay. And the voice of Zero in The Mandalorian. No, I'm
3: serious. I'm serious, Tom. It, it it makes a lot of lists.
1: So no, you laugh.
3: I, I'm totally okay, I believe you.
1: I'm just telling you, he is a joy. He is an absolute joy genius, future megastar. I'm saying it here. I think he's gonna be. I mean, he already is huge in Britain, and he's, he's uh, uh, b- 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 presented the Baftas for
2: like three years. Yes, Tom. Sorry, didn't Bimini bon Boulash win a Bafta for like breakthrough moment or something? Am I making Our that last,
1: up? No, we lost that moment as well. Oh! To- to uh Dancing with the Stars, which is, you know, um whatever it's come called dancing, in England. It it's called something dance,
2: else. Come dance strictly. Yeah, yeah, the community. Community.
1: And, and the couple in the reason not the reason they won, but the moment that won was um the uh the, the dancing person with the celebrity. The the celebrity with the dancer was, was deaf. And so they turned off the music and they did a silent dance and you know, you're gonna weep. Yeah, How can you not? That's a pretty good
3: as somebody who has lost a lot of awards in their life, I I'm sort of an expert on this and something that always happens is your award is always the first one and you lose. And then you have to spend the next three and a half hour sitting there politely. Cause you can't escape. Did <laughs> right. that happen to you? Was it one of the, actually, well,
1: this happened about halfway through, but needless to say, in my presumption, I'd written a whole speech and that took a whole day to come up with as well. Plus so yeah. renting the talks. Cause I didn't have a, well, you know, it was a full commitment and yeah, um yeah. but but and also the outside but the, it was lovely uh, graham norton was there and he was just absolutely i was gonna say strong. who was the
3: big who was the other big star that, that was there who, who was who else did you see i think there were
1: a lot a bazillion stars but um you know one is only focused on oneself at these things
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> very good <laughs> let's take a break um It says here, oh, yes, RuPaul's DragCon UK tickets are on sale now. It's happening at the XL, London, January 6th to the 8th in 2023. Get your tickets now, ruplesdragcon.com. We'll be right back after the break.
0: Blake, have you got a question? I do, I do. Um, Since today is our six-year anniversary, um, how many shows did we blissfully record during the Obama presidency? expecting our next president to be Hillary Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back after the break with the answer.
1: You're listening to Wow Report on Radio Andy.
3: You're listening to World of Wonders
1: Wow Report.
3: Things that make us go wow.
1: Welcome back to the Wow Report for Radio Andy. Uh, I'm Fenton, co-founder of World of Wonder, joined by James St. James, editor of the Wow Report, and, of course, Tom Campbell, our chief creative officer, and Blake, master of
0: the questions. Yes. Today is our six-year anniversary here at the WOW Report for Radio Andy. So I asked, how many shows do we blissfully record during the Obama presidency, expecting our next president to be Hillary Clinton before that awful day in November 2016?
3: Well, I'm going to say it was probably around like a year's worth. I'm Because we talked about... I remember Trump coming down the escalator and all this stuff leading up to Trump. So I'm going to say like 50.
2: Okay. Let's say it was over a seventh month period and I'm going to say seven times four is 28. I'm going to say 30.
0: Okay. 10. Well, I guess you're the closest without going over, Finn, 24. Oh. Wow. That is Only ten. 24 episodes and we've done 305.
3: That's so... Uh, how many do you suppose were in the middle of Trump? I just... Oh, <laughs> well, most, most of, time. Time. Yeah. Most
1: of Four years worth. Mm-hmm. Well, let's cheer ourselves up by moving on to number four. Number four.
2: You know, we lost Naomi Judd uh, and it's been confirmed by her daughter uh, a self-inflicted gunshot wound uh, due to her, her suffering of mental illness. Um, the Judds... And I say with love are just wackadoodle, crazy, outspoken women, all three of them. And they have such a unique story. And part of what I've been doing, I've, I've been really fascinated by them. I always knew their music. They were so big from like 84 to 91. They've won like five Grammys. I've started to listen to their music and it's really beautiful. There's a song, Why Not Me? Like, anyway, I will spare you, but I'm letting you know. Thank there's you. Um, If you see me in the car, I'm, I'm singing it. You have wow. a beautiful voice. And um, please don't encourage (laughs) them. And the thing that uh, is unique about the judge, not unique about the judge, but very expected from them is they're being incredibly public. And this Sunday, two weeks after her untimely death, not only not only did, did they accept the Hall of Fame award the, the day after her, she was found dead. Two weeks later, they had a memorial service for Ryman Auditorium, which is the house of the old Grand Ole Opry. And they had all these incredible artists doing Judge and speaking and, you know, Bono spoke via tape and uh, Robin Roberts was there, plus country greats. And it was beautiful and they were, there, it's there's something really morose about it. I don't know if I'm attracted to it because of that, but also, there, you know, this horrible thing happened to them. They're being so public and 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 uh, open and emotional and I guess part it, it feels a little bit uh, it doesn't feel exploitative it feels like this is how they deal with it and we get to do it too and it's one of those horrible things that usually gets swept under a carpet and here they are because it, it's it's really? not it seems diminished in any way Naomi's gift to the world her personality um, there was a funny moment and it's sort of the family shtick and it continues but you know um, Ashley's telling, saying all these lovely things about her mother from the stage, and and Winona, who's always odd, is kind of like, well, yeah, she said all the lovely things, so she didn't have to share a bus with her. She didn't have to share a bus with her. <laughs> so there's still all that crazy, you know, and they're, they're processing, but the pièce de résistance, and would I urge you to go find on YouTube for yourself is, I guess at one. so Bette Midler comes out and speaks, and whenever Bette Midler puts herself in hair and makeup at home and does a little piece, it's really poignant. She just talks about how much you love Naomi, as everyone did, and she remembers singing a song I think, I think with Winona, but it might have been with both of them, where they covered the rose. They did it as a duet, Bette Midler's great song, The Rose. And so she said, please sing that song and dedicate it to your mother. So Naomi comes out with Brandy Carlisle, who, you know, is this incredible musician of her own. She's the one who helped, you know, do the last hand tucker album, which changed my life. And now she's sitting here with with uh, Naomi Judd, and they're doing the most intimate, beautiful cover of the rose. And there's something, if you know that song, you you know, Mm -hmm. just remember in the winter far beneath the driven snow lies a seed that with the sun's love in the spring becomes the rose. It's just, there's something about the context of how Naomi left us and the song and the lyrics and their performance. Uh, that really makes me tear up now. It's really, I, I've watched it a few times and there is a moment. And again, I don't know if this is stick or it's just pure Winona. is she sings the part. Just remember in the winter, I'm beneath the bitter snow. And she you stop? Stop. She goes, it's better on YouTube. And she makes the band go back. Mm-hmm. And she does it again, in the winter is just put musters. Cause she said, she goes, I'm singing so badly tonight. Cause she's just been crying for days, mm-hmm. but the, the performance and the emotion and the moment—all this came together. Uh, and I don't know. I, I feel better having watched it. I'm a weirdo, I guess. But uh, if you get a chance, watch that. Uh, you know, Brandy Carlisle and not and and uh, Winona Judd singing the the rose. And uh, the whole special was on CMT called Naomi Judd: A River of Time Celebration.
1: Wow. No, I got goosebumps. I'm, I. I'm going to do that. Um, And I'll just add, if you or someone you know is in crisis, contact the Suicide Prevention Lifeline, 1-800-273-TALK. That's 8255. Or or dial 911 in case of emergency. Um, Yeah. Beautiful. (sighs) Number three, James.
0: Number three.
3: I started watching on HBO Max, the new series, their, their big new prestige series, The Time Traveler's Wife. Based on the 2003 bestseller and the 2008 movie, but it's a series now, and it stars um, Game of Thrones' Rose Leslie, I believe her name is, and also Theo James, who is so cute. And he is so naked every ten minutes in the show. He is completely naked. I'm glad we're
1: back on
2: theme. Back on to,
3: the to bring it back to, to to whatever. Hey, we're not making
2: this stuff up. We're just reporting what's happening out there, right?
3: So he's this character and he is involuntarily tossed about through time and space and he he doesn't know why he doesn't know what's happening to him but every couple days it's like he'll be having coffee or he'll be driving or he'll be doing something and all of a sudden he just he finds himself naked in another time and place and it's usually like there's a train coming at him or he's plops down in a restaurant or full of people and he's naked and he yes is it like quantum leap a little bit that way well, no, 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 because it gets very creepy and I'll tell you why. Um, but so th- this is the fun part where every time he, he leaps into a new place, he has to mug someone or steal some clothes or do something because he's running around the town naked and everybody's chasing him. So he gets very good at beating people up and everything like this. Well, he's married in, in uh, now in our time in the present. He's married to Rose Leslie. And um, but He keeps going back in time at different points in his life as an old man in his 20s, in his 30s, in his 40s. He goes back and visits her when she's a 10-year-old child, 10, 11, 12, all through her teens. He keeps going back to her and creepily kind of grooming her. Say, you know, he's making her fall in love with him so that when eventually in the show she meets him and they they show this in real in real time, she meets him when she's in her 20s and he's in his late 20s and he doesn't know who she is. And she comes up to him and say, you've been coming to me for the last 14 years. You've been appearing to me and, you know, we're going to be in love and we're going to get married. And then they go off and have sex. And. The critics are very like, that's really creepy, A, that like he's sort of programming her to fall in love with him when they meet in real time. And they even have a grooming joke in there where she's doing her, combing her little My Little Pony. And he says, well, why are you doing that? And she says, I'm not combing him. I'm grooming her. And he's like, I don't want to talk about that. And like, they, I mean, like, it's sort of like a grooming series. But then there's also like a murder that happens and he gets murdered. And then he's also grooming himself. He keeps going back in time to when he was a child and he appears as a mentor to himself to teach him how to deal with time travel. And then at one point he he tells her, you know, yeah, I've had sex with myself. I've gone back and had sex with myself when I was a hot teenager. And you're, some of it is just really weird. And I don't know whether I'm icked out and creeped out or whether his nude body is enough to keep me going through this, I don't know how to feel about this show. I, I, have you read the book? I have not.
1: So I don't know how oh, it goes. Because I'm just, just that idea of traveling back in time to have sex with yourself. That is kind of an interesting. He, goes, is that, he,
3: he says is that, that, he jerks off with himself too sometimes.
1: Is that, what, how do we categorize that?
3: I, I, a, I don't, don't know. But but the fact is is that she never would have fallen in love with him when she meets him had he not been going back to her when she was a child and and showing how like what a wonderful person he is, and so she was already in love when she met him.
1: I know that I would not have sex with my younger self i't I don't, I don't think I was hot enough like, I would, like there, was a, there was
3: a moment where I might have but I don't think that I, as a, as a younger self, would have had sex with me now. <laughs> I, just <laughs> had,
2: I, I, I just had a flash when you're that, that I dream all the time. I just realized that I dream all the time that I'm naked in public. All the time. Yes. All yeah, the time. A, yeah. like, It's like I, I live half of my life naked walking around and, and walking down streets and not even, do, like... I'm, like, oh, I'm naked again. I guess I'll just cross the street. Like yeah, have- that's yeah. a
3: common stress dream. It means you're stressed out. It's it, it also if you're, you know, you're they push you on stage and you don't know the lines or you don't know the play, you're supposed but to take I a test. Always you naked, and
2: I'm not even that concerned about it anymore. I'm just like, well, people are used to seeing. <laughs> huh. that's how you say I am to stress, I guess.
1: Well, Tom, I have news for you that those aren't dreams. That's real. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> anyway, the time traveler's wife, Theo James, Rose Leslie, HBO Max. Check it out, and I would like to hear some
1: feedback on this on Twitter. All right, number two.
2: Number two.
1: Run, don't walk to Belgium. Well, that's because that's what I did. Right, Monday morning, right after the BAFTAs devastating loss, I was like, "Fuck it, I'm going to Belgium." Um, Where it's been announced. Drag Race Belgique is coming. So I was like, I have an excuse to go to Belgium. And I'd never been before. And the reason I'd never been before is because everyone says it's so boring. You know, Brussels is where the Euro Parliament is. And everyone's always like, it's so boring. I couldn't disagree more. I was, It was like fascinating. I was only there for a couple of days. So maybe that's it. But um, in... Um, In Bruges. I was just going to say Bruges. People talk about how it is
3: one of the craziest towns on the planet. It
1: is. It's like ringed with a river moat thing. And it's it's like Venice. It's like a little Venice in Holland. And it's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. The architecture and everything, right? Yes. It's absolutely stunning. And there is the uh, first Michelangelo that ever left Italy. It's the Madonna and Child sculpture that was famous in uh, The Monuments Man the Nazis took it and it was found in a salt mine and but funny enough I went to that church to look at that sculpture and it was behind a big piece of glass which was slightly just like and now you can't see the sculpture kind of like my glasses yeah. you know, just like <laughs> reflecting so I was looking but the church was amazing and I don't know what a bit what it is about the Belgians but their art I mean, the Dutch Old Masters, which, you know, Dutch Old Masters sounds like a a cliché. But when you see these still lives of fruit and flowers, they are so intense. The colors and the sort of, it's not like realistic looking. It's hyper real. It's like, it was, I was like, it was gobsmacking. It really was incredible to look at this stuff. And all the architecture similarly bizarrely extravagant architecture and and um it was just the most amazing thing my my mind was blown well you know
3: you also think of like the the dutch masters and like the in belgium and everything with the with the headdresses and the hats and the weird i mean like everything about belgium
1: is just like wah 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 like a little slightly
3: off but really just
1: fascinating it was the boys totally hot. drag. It was drag. It really was. The buildings were drag. The clothes <laughs> were drag. The flowers were drag. The volume was turned up on everything. I was losing my mind. And this Michelangelo, I was like, ah, these are all rubbish. This other stuff is amazing. The other thing I saw that was pretty amazing was there's a famous painting, The Death of Marat, the yes. French Revolutionary or Where he's slave. in the bathtub, right? Yes. Yes. Um, I still to this day don't really know why it's such a famous painting, but it's been copied and it's like a meme before memes. And and what do you know? You go into the museum and the first thing you hear is Lady Gaga and you turn left into this room and Lady Gaga reenacted the death of Marat. She's lying in the bath. It's Lady Gaga just and she's wait, reciting. In
3: person or on video?
1: No, on video. It's a okay. Robert Wilson piece. um But I just thought, oh, Lady Gaga gets around. I mean, <laughs> there I am trying to take in some old Dutch masters, and that's Lady Gaga then,
2: like, the first thing <laughs> living her we... best life. Living her best life. Well, yeah, but uh, wait, was it? Was absolutely. it? Was the
3: video of Lady Gaga? Was it next to the actual Death of Marat?
1: honey no the, oh. the 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 video of lady gaga in the bathtub was in its own room just alone in a darkened room with her voice and what have you and to actually go see the actual painting you had to go upstairs down here down there to some dingy old room at the end of a corridor oh, La- no. lady gaga definitely got top billing I would say. <laughs> Uh, Let's take a break. Uh, 24 Hours of Love. Vanjie, 24 Hours of Love is premiering June 9th, 2022. Wild Presents Plus. Presented, of course, by House of Love Cocktails and Mocktails. And I promise you will see Vanjie as you have never seen her before. Compelling conversations about sex positivity confront the often unspoken subjects within the gay dating community. Because that's what happens. Men come in over a 24-hour period eliminates to find her perfect date. Will she find love?
2: Finally, a realistic dating show. It doesn't take you 12 weeks to figure out who you want to sleep with. It takes you about, you know, a scoop of the room. Ain't nobody got time for that. Exactly.
1: (laughs) uh, When we come back, we'll reveal the number one thing this week that made us go wow. Uh, And you're listening, of course, to the Wow Report on Radio Andy. You're listening to World of Wonders Wow Report.
0: Things that make us go wow.
1: Welcome back to the Wire wow Report for Radio, Andy. I'm Fenton here with Tom and James St. James, and we've reached number one. Number one. Well, sadly, um, I, I, you know,
3: we would be remiss if we weren't taught, if we didn't mention uh, the deaths that happened in Buffalo over the weekend. Um, the ten people who were, you know, gunned down by a white supremacist at a grocery store uh, in Buffalo and um just the the sadness and the horror and the terror that's become all too predictable and the next day or that later that day there was a, a mass shooting here in Los Angeles in Orange, Orange County. County Orange County at a church uh a, a Taiwanese church i believe and um they they caught the guy and uh one person was murdered there five others were injured i believe something like that and mm-hmm. it, it happened it, all over it happened in north carolina It happened in chicago it, it just feels like it, it i mean you, you can't say it's more and more or it's worse or whatever but it just
1: it just really hits hard doesn't it can you not say that it's worse and more and more in the sense that this insanity should stop but it doesn't and
0: like and it's sad that we're so like ignored. Uh... Yeah,
3: we we don't even feel it anymore, but 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 it does. It it, when it does hit you, it it hits you
2: hard, you know. And and
3: And I don't
2: know the cure, but we don't even try.
3: Well, that's That's just it because I mean, it it would just logically you don't want an eighteen-year-old to be purchasing, you know, AK sevens or whatever they are, you know, machine guns that have. Fifty rounds
2: in them, or, or whatever. Nobody just, needs uh, that. It's a weapon of terror, you know. Yeah, and and, and
3: I under I you know keep your Second Amendment and go hunting and all of that, but yeah, and defend your home. Yeah. But you and don't yeah, defend be. the homeland
0: from terrorism. The very yeah. least we can do is uh ch- like make guns check check.
3: Have background like, checks and, Have background
0: uh, checks for gun
3: mental health
0: overly politicized. This,
2: but who is that kid that got off? Uh, during the written Kyle they say, you know, this the, the, again, I don't, I'm not a scientist or political scientist, but l- letting somebody like that off sends a signal to other people that it's okay or it's not as bad as you think. Well, or there, there was a
3: picture that was going around of the police officers with his hand, a police officer with his hand on the shooter's shoulder, like like sort of like gently easing him into the car. And of course our African-American friends would say that is not going to happen mm-hmm. if it's one of us. Yes. And uh, then other people on Twitter were saying, making jokes saying, uh, how long before the shooter is invited to Mar-a-Lago like Kyle was, you know I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it, it does sort of play into that whole left, right, you know, problem. I it's
2: terrorism, and we're doing nothing to fight terrorism or homeland, and and making churches and malls and every place else uh, and, to go
1: And also, you know, the the people who lost their lives and their loved ones who survived them. That is because every one of these incidents, it isn't just the people who lo- lose their lives. It's the enormous damage that is done to all the people around them and their loved and ones the of community. There, there was and,
3: a uh, one of the um there was an 82 year old woman who was one of the victims and she was an or, a community organizer and she did a food drive every week every you know. week for like <laughs> 50 years oh, yeah and there were uh, there was like school teachers and there was a guy who was picking up a cake for his three-year-old's birthday party i mean it's just the stories are just those are the stories that that Need needs to be told, as opposed to the story of the shooter. I just, and I try not
2: to get off on the tragedy porn of it, if you know what I mean. Yeah. The reporting, but man, you got to talk about it because it just
1: boils yeah. your
2: blood. Boils your blood.
1: Yeah, and it it just tears a huge hole in society. I mean, it, it is it you are sort of witnessing a society destroy itself, really, in so many ways. Wow. Sorry to end the show on this note, but our, our thoughts are with them and. And I think, you know, I, I ha- hold out hope that, that future generations will solve this problem that we have been unable to solve. You know, uh, thanks for tuning into the Wow Report, Radio Andy, Sirius XM. You can catch previous episodes on our YouTube channel, Wow Presents. And hopefully, we'll see you same time, same place next week. And really, in spite of all things, until then, go out and do something that makes the world go
0: wow. Wow. wow.